0: Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and we don't talk about money on this show. We talk about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle, which are friendship, purpose, as in the purpose in life, whether it be your life's work, your volunteer work, or whatever your purpose is. Family, health, spiritual issues, and your significant other if you have one or want one. There are plenty of other shows that talk about money and investments, but this isn't one of them. We stick to the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. Starting in August of 2020, we started following the life of a pre-retiree. The goal was to follow her from pre-retirement through the retirement process so you and I can live vicariously through her experience. We want to know what's happening as she goes through this process so we can better prepare ourselves. As you listen in, think of any questions you might have for our subject, Barbara Mock, who is teaching us what she is learning by doing. You can email those questions to us at podcast at rockyourretirement.com dot com and we'll try to answer them in the show okay let's get over to today's conversation so barbara you've been retired now for about a month tell me what's going on which stage of retirement are you in
1: i guess i'd call it the honeymoon stage it feels a lot like a honeymoon it's been a month and almost to the day and it has been such a fun adventure. I was talking to some friends about what it's like to be retired, and the thing I could make an analogy to was it's like pushing the easy button. (laughs) Remember that easy button from Staples in the 90s? Absolutely. And that came a bit as a surprise. It might've been because I've been preparing for this for nine months. It might've been just like I was ready to retire, But for me, it was when I took my computer back to the office and I no longer knew what was happening with our budget, what was going on with personnel issues. There were no deadlines and there were no county councilmen calling me
0: as I recall, there was a little issue with the fact that you don't have a computer anymore. But we well. can talk about that. We can talk about that after you tell us what's going
1: on. <laughs> sure, sure, exactly. No, the, the the competition for technology in our house has has amped up a little bit. But anyway, it just came as a surprise that I was able to transition so quickly. I had about a week to basically get organized and get packed, and. I guess for the listeners, I recommend that. Take a minute after you've retired to kind of get things sorted out, put away, just kind of mentally. It really helped me. Um, But I wouldn't wait much longer than a week. It seemed about just right before you do something that changes your routine. I think I shared before that we had a condo in Whistler that because Canada was closed, we weren't able to use it. And so we went through the journey of trying to trade it during a pandemic. We hit on a place in Scottsdale, Arizona, which if you've read my blog, you know that that's where my daddy lives. And so it just seemed to match our requirements. We wanted sun, we wanted a place that we could hike, and we wanted a place that we could golf, which I'm a new beginning golfer. So it was pretty exciting. To think about being able to golf in a place where I wasn't going to get mud in my face when I hit the ball, because in Washington, the golf courses are like a sponge. But my husband wanted to add on something special. He was calling my retirement, my graduation trip. And he booked us at a place called Tubac. Tubac is where they shot parts of this movie And the name of the movie is Tin Cup. And it's about a golfer who's kind of a washed up guy that wants to, wants to, to go on the pro tour. And this place is fascinating. It, it was granted to the Ortero family in 1685 by the King of Spain. It's 20 miles North of Nogales, which is the, the Mexican American border. And so it predates our country this ranch. And it was the basis for the Ortero family to become the Arizona cattle kings. In the 1950s and 60s, Bing Crosby convinced them to sell the ranch. And it's still a working Longhorn cattle ranch, but around the ranch are three nine-hole courses. And they built uh, for the 50s and 60s, a luxury spa golf resort. And so it felt like Old Hollywood. It was it was these little casitas with the Santa Fe roofs and everything and so very very nice and he he got something called the indulgence golf package. 2 days of golf and then 2 nights of accommodation and a free breakfast burrito at the cantina on the first hole. And then he also made a reservation for a really nice dinner and it was really really special. So I was a little nervous about golfing of course, but I got up and I bought myself a cute little shirt in the in the gift store and I was all dressed up, ready to go.
0: The outfit is actually the main part of golfing, I have decided.
1: The yeah, outfit husband, is key. My husband does not understand that. He does <laughs> not understand that at all. <laughs> so we went out and I was a little nervous, but I don't know if it was random or a God thing. I'm choosing the God thing. My husband says it's random, but we got paired with another couple where the guy was a pretty good golfer, like my husband. And the wife was a beginner. That was perfect for me. She was kind. She was encouraging. Kind of a funny story. I think I've told you before that my husband was a repairman, a telephone repairman. So, what does he love to do? Fix things. And so I was struggling because, again, I'm a beginning golfer. And so he kept giving me tips. And here we are in front of this other couple. And I'm like, I'm kind of frustrated. So I just started counting out loud. He never noticed. And so finally, the gal said, are you counting every time he gives you a tip? (laughs) And I said, "Mm, yeah. So the next time he did it, she goes, Mike, 19. (laughs) And he goes, what? She said, that's the 19th time you've given your wife a tip. Why don't you just let her play? And it was perfect. He was a little embarrassed and a little sheepish. And he was quiet the rest of the time. I know it's in the spirit of helping, but I really need my coaching from my LPGA golf instructor. Okay. I love him.
0: So I want to just interject here because I don't know if that's a woman thing or if it is a strong woman thing. But a lot of us have that issue. We can take direction from people Other than our spouse, it can be the exact same information, but if it comes from our spouse or our, whoever we're in the relationship with, we get upset. I don't know why that is. And maybe at some point in the future, we can bring on a psychologist to come and talk to us about this, but I had the same issue, not with my husband, but this was years ago with someone trying to teach me how to ski. And you know, that just irritated the heck out of me. But as soon as I got a professional ski instructor, I was on the slopes and skiing the intermediate like that same week. So I I totally feel for you, Barbara. Completely feel and I feel bad for the husbands because they're not, they're not really doing anything wrong.
1: No. And, and I know his heart and I know he wants to be helpful, but I think the difference is if I ask him for help, if I say, could you give me a tip on putting? It's a whole different dynamic than when you're with other people and you're struggling and he's just trying to help. It's like, so anyway, we worked through that and he was much more cautious and careful the rest of the trip. It was like a honeymoon, literally. It's not something we would normally do. It was your graduation. It was my graduation. Oh, and where was it again? It was in Tubac, which is in the Green Valley, um south of Tucson, Arizona. T U B A C Tubac Golf Resorts, beautiful. Oh, okay. And hopefully on the blog there'll be some pictures. And then we went up to our condo that we traded into Orange Tree. We were literally on the first hole right out our door. It was 96. During the day, we golfed three times. And every time, Kathy, we were placed with a good guy golfer, a beginning golfer, except for one time. And this woman was an amazing golfer. She had such a smooth swing. And I looked at her and I said, I want to be like that. And I started golfing better. And so now Mike and I have this joke where her name was Misty. And he goes, okay, Barb, channel your inner Misty try to relax and try to hit the ball. And so I felt like I made really good progress. We would sit and have lunch with people, you golf with them. You know, you don't know these people, you introduce each other. But what I found fascinating is how many of the people we ended up paired with every time was someone who either was retiring Had retired or was thinking about retirement, similar age, similar life experience, and we shared our stories. What I found the most enjoyable, along with trying to learn something new in a beautiful place, was the connections that we made with total strangers. That's all unexpected for me. I started this saying, I need to learn something new, I need to try something new. But for me, there's been so many other bonuses. Well, then we got to go to lunch with my dad. One day we went out for dinner, um, but I got to ride bikes with him. We rented bikes. And oh my gosh, my 86 year old dad is nothing short of amazing. He rides his bike 20 miles to Tempe and back three times a week. And you wrote about that on your blog. Yes. Now I know why he's in great shape because he does (laughs) go, we were uphills down over and under. We went down to Tempe and underpasses. There's a beautiful trail system. If you don't know about Scottsdale and Tempe, it's all interconnected. You can go for literally miles and he took us everywhere. He kept having to slow down and give us water breaks. Now we're 20, 20 some years younger than him. I have a lot to aspire to. So fun. We went back to the pool and I cannot remember a time in my life where I got to sit with my daddy and just talk for like two and a half hours. How come we never do this? Well, with family, you're with family. Time's precious to me now, post pandemic. I'm realizing that you never know how long you're going to have a parent in your life. It's easy to just assume they'll always be there. And now that I'm retired, I really want to be more intentional about spending time with my dad. I heard stories I'd never heard before. I got to ask questions and it was just the two of us. That was probably a highlight of the whole trip, just spending time with him. Well, in between golfing, we went hiking. We went to a place called McDonald Recreation Area and it was full of mountain bikers, but we're trotting along. And uh, after we did about a five mile hike, we went into the visitor center to check in. And the woman there said, "Um, did you see any rattlesnakes? (laughs) And we said, "Uh, no, Uh, should we have? She Well, it's mating season and they're crazy right now. And it's a good thing that you didn't see any because they're just not very predictable. And I looked at my husband, I go, "Uh, that would have been good to know before we went hiking five miles (laughs) in the desert. But it it was beautiful in its kind of rugged sort of way. I mean, we come from the Pacific Northwest where everything's lush and green and in the desert, everything is just these big vistas with cactus. So that was really fun. It was hard to leave, but we knew we were coming home to good weather, but it was just about perfect for me to have that week. And then have 10 days because I just really had a break. I just highly encourage any retirees that that space between being retired and transitioning do something different to kind of shake you out of that habit or that schedule so that you're not just sitting at home going, now what? Now what? So we got home. I got to get a little more organized now because I don't have an administrative assistant or a Microsoft Outlook calendar And I forgot something, like I forgot Uh a phone call or something. I went, oh, so I've got to learn to be much more intentional. But one of the things that's adding structure to my life is I joined two women's golf leagues, one in Snohomish and one at Legion. And oh my gosh, I had no idea. Golfing with other women is one of the most edifying, positive experiences I've had. Now, keep in mind, I'm a horrible golfer. But what I realized is it's forcing me to get over myself and be humble. It's forcing me to meet new people because every time you go, you're paired with different people. And they're so thoughtful and encouraging and positive. They're happy to welcome you to the club, even if you're a beginner. I've met a couple people I wanna tell you about. I'm gonna change their names, but one is Maggie, and she's 86, Kathy. Now she drives in a little cart. She said, well, I was thinking about not golfing this year, but my friend told me we needed to, and I love her. She doesn't hit the ball very far, but she puts on a coaching drill of how to chip and putt. I mean, she knows what she's doing. And so I've just been delighted to to know her and to meet her. I did almost kill her. Uh (laughs) Uh, I I was trying to get out of a sand trap and where my ball goes, nobody knows. And she wasn't looking and it went sailing right over her head. And I'm like, Maggie, look out. And she goes, my fault. I should have been looking. And I she should have been looking. All golfers know you always pay attention. (laughs) She should have. But she was like 25 feet the other direction from where I was aiming. So it should have been okay. But I have a lot to learn with that. But then over at Everett, I've met some wonderful ladies and, and one of them started asking me how old I was and that I was a beginner. And she said, I started when I was 70 because my doctor diagnosed me as diabetic and he wanted to put me on medication. I said, no, I don't want to. What do I do? And he goes, well, you need to exercise more. So she jumped in and with both feet got lessons, got to golfing, and she is gorgeous and looks so young. She's 79 and she golfs four to five days a week. And she said, and you know what, Barbara, I've never been on insulin and I don't have diabetes. What a testament. And so it's a wide range of ladies. There's probably about 40 ladies, but I am literally making new friends every day. But we sit after and have lunch together and And I did not expect the social part to be so good for me because it's giving me people to meet, things to think about. Every day it's gorgeous. It's sunny that we've been going. And I think I would be working now and I'm not. So that's Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do that every week. And then my husband and I decided that we needed to do a day together. And so we did Adventure Wednesday. Adventure Wednesday has been really fun. My husband picks, it'll be my turn at some point, but he picks a hike or a place to go that neither of us have ever been before. And we've lived in this area our whole lives. He took me to Deception Pass. Oh my gosh, when we got there, it was all fogged in. And I thought, oh, you know, this isn't going to be so great. But we started hiking and walking and all of a sudden the sun came out. And it was the most beautiful thing. I almost fell off a couple rocks and roots because I was just like clicking pictures like crazy. You could see the sound. You could see the Olympic Mountains snow-capped. There were sea otters. There were eagles flying overhead. And the U.S. Naval Air Station has growlers that do touch down. And, but that was even fascinating. It was a perfect day. We got exercise. We got the dog out. We saw the weather and there weren't that many people there. Adventure Wednesday as a retiree is awesome. That is
0: awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to do that. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of the Rocky Retirement Show. The theme of the show is to talk about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. You can track how you're doing in those six pillars in the journal which you can find at rockyourretirement.com journal. One of the pillars is health. Of course, if you don't have your health, nothing else matters. So before we get back to the conversation with Barbara and me, let's take a health break. Now, once again, we have John Perlman, co-founder of Mission Lean, the leading fitness app for anti-aging fitness for our health segment. Hey, John, what do you have for us today?
2: Thanks, Kathy. What I'd like to talk today about, uh, and you may have heard of it, you may not have, is telomeres. And Telomeres?
0: Wow. Is that like television? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, what, it, what is it? What are telomeres?
2: Yeah, so telomeres uh, are the protective caps at the end of DNA molecules that make up our chromosomes. And incidentally, the length of these telomeres determines how long the DNA inside will be protected and ultimately how long that cell will live.
0: Oh, so it's kind of like the anti-aging part of the cell?
2: Yes. It's actually, you're, yeah, you're right onto the right track on it. So basically how, how how long this telomere kind of how the length of it, and then also how long it stays protecting that DNA will determine how long that cell lives. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds interesting.
2: Yeah. And so the reason I wanted to bring this up and talk to you about it today is because exercise, there's been a lot of scientific literature that has come out recently linking exercise to the health and length of telomeres and particularly aerobic based exercise. There's a new study that came out uh, about a year ago where scientists separated exercise participants into three groups. They, they had one group do endurance training. They had one group do interval training. And by interval training, that all that means is they were training in such a way that their heart rate was in, in getting to a very high level on and off. So they were raising their heart rate through interval training. And then the final group only did resistance training. And what that means is, that means like weight-based training. So like going on a certain weight machine or lifting weights. And the results of this study showed that in terms of in a direct impact on telomeres and telomere length, the only groups that had that benefited from increased telomere length were the endurance training and the interval training groups and the strength training group had no, there was no impact at all on telomeres from the strength training.
0: But I'm sure that has other benefits. Strength training probably benefits you in other ways, right?
2: Yeah, it's no, well, it's great to do a strength training routine. But the point of this is that it's it, it, a strength training routine is only good as a supplement to an aerobic-based fitness routine from the standpoint of anti-aging fitness. Well,
0: that's really good to know.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. And this is all new studies that basically they, they, they're able to measure telomere activity through a certain enzyme called telomerase, uh, which is a new development in science. And that's how they've been able to kind of do these studies and, and determine how the exercise is impacting telomere length. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So, so the telomere, so the longer or the, the more you exercise aerobically, right? Cause that's what, that's what the, um, high, the, what you're talking about. Let's just make sure I, I understand this. When you're bringing your heart rate up, that's when you're helping the telomeres?
2: Exactly. Have that? Exactly. So, basically, and we're hopefully and I think we will touch on this in other episodes, but what you want to try to do ideally is create a fitness routine where you're benefiting from strength because as you mentioned, strength is important, but incorporating your strength moves into the framework of an aerobically intense workout, which is what we do on the Mission Lean app for our anti-aging program. And what we recommend to clients to do if if they're really trying to target their fitness for anti-aging.
0: Wow, that's great. That's basically the main thing is that you can't just do strength training. You want to have your exercise benefit your anti-aging, right? Did I get that
2: right? Exactly. So the the, the short of it is is that whenever you head into a workout, if you want to target it from an anti-aging perspective, you need to make sure that you do at least a few efforts where you try to raise your heart rate so that can either be done through for example going on the bike for 10 minutes before you do your other fitness or if you want to if you want to do a high intensity interval routine for those of you that that don't know about HIIT training high intensity interval training all that means is is basically a routine of various moves that raises your heart rate up at various intervals. So that, that's why they call it interval training. Um, so that's just the general idea that you need to make sure that your, your workout has some aerobic pushback in it to, to really target those telomeres and extend cellular lifespan in your body.
0: That's great. Well, thanks so much again for that health tip. And for the listener, tune in next time for more health tips. And don't forget, you can also download the Mission Lean app to get more fitness and health tips. And they'll automatically be worrying about the telomeres so you don't have to. Isn't that right, John?
2: Yeah, we'll we'll give you the workouts and take care of the telomeres. All you have to do is just make sure to do them consistently.
0: Thanks so much. Thank you. So you just told us about the story of what you've been doing and how you've set up your life so far. We know that you're still in the honeymoon stage. So what are you expecting for the next few months? I know that you've had these technology wars with your husband. Now that you've told us about all the fun things, tell us what's going on on the technology front. Are you going to wind up buying another computer so you don't have to fight over the one that you have?
1: (laughs) I wouldn't call it a war, but we've really worked hard on making a really good decision on, you know, what we're going to do with our time and activity. I've only been retired a month and I don't know precisely, we kind of know what our budget will be, what our income will be. I guess what I realized is there's certain times of the day that he likes to be on the computer and it's first thing when he wakes up read the news and check out what's going on in the world and check the financial markets. That's like his little pattern. And I used to be wanting to do that at the same time. So I'm leaving him with his tradition and I'm finding other times to be on the computer. I know there'll come a time where we're going to need to buy a laptop so we can travel. But for right now, I've just adapted to when I know he's going to be gone so far I just needed to flex a little bit and not have this, you know, whatever. And then he's been a little more thoughtful about, Oh, do you need the computer? So I think we just realized we needed to talk about it. We needed to compromise and we just needed to adjust because there's a lot of time in the day and we both have smartphones. So it's not like we're disconnected. It's just the convenience of being there. So, so far we haven't bought a computer.
0: Okay. And, but you haven't done anything um, more official either, like schedule the times. That was his routine before. And so you let him keep his old routine and you have figured out when you can get on it around his schedule. Precisely. Precisely. Well, that sounds like a great way to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so many women I have noticed are just Refuse to compromise about things these days, and they don't see their husband's point of view. I have no idea about people's personal lives. Les and I are lucky in that we have two computers and two smartphones. I can't even imagine what it would be like to try to share one computer between the two of us so I'm glad that that the two of you have figured that out.
1: so I think choose your battles, prioritize what's important. As a mom, I had some major things, lying, cheating, stealing, drugs, promiscuity, but those were my top five. Everything else, I pretty much went, well, in the big picture of life, if if you get a tattoo or a body piercing, of course, my kids never did, maybe because I didn't make it a big deal, but what your hair color is or what you look like. So I didn't make major drama over things like that. And I've kind of applied that to my marriage. Like there's some total non-negotiables, the things that are super important to me, like integrity, honesty, uh, fidelity, but on everything else, it's like, well, is that really a big deal? And am I willing to fight about it and potentially cause harm to the relationship? Now, if that was one way and unequal, I can see that'd be an issue for us. But my husband does the same thing. There's lots of times where he goes, you're being mean to me and where I'm snapping at him or I'm irritable. But he gives me mercy and grace, so I think that that give and take that ebb and flow, that equality. I just pick my battles, and it's only in a really big thing that I'm gonna fight about it.
0: That's great because I've noticed that many of us treat our girlfriends much better than we would treat our our spouses. You know we say things to our spouses that we would never say to a close girlfriend so i'm I'm glad that the two of you are treating each other with kindness.
1: Well, and I think that honeymoon idea is not just the honeymoon of it's new and it's different, but for us it's been just a renewal of our marriage, right? I made him listen to so many of the podcasts where as soon as the people retired that they were on the verge of divorce. Remember those where they're with each other 24/7, they're they're fighting, they're whatever and I think we talked about it a lot. And so I really feel like maybe there's a list somewhere of the podcasts that relate to what happens to people when they first retire and the conflict that can happen in a marriage, because we found those really helpful, not just in their own right to listen to them, but for us to talk it through. And so, so far a month in, we're, we're kind of on a honeymoon and we're headed to another one. Next week, we're going to St. George, Utah. Instead of flying, we're going to drive. We have some friends that invited us to come stay at one of their condos that they needed to use because last year everything got canceled. So we're basically renting a bedroom out of their three-bedroom condo and and we get to travel. And so we're going to go there for a week and do some golfing and some hiking. But he has just had so much fun planning you know, let's drive to Kennewick and let's go to Boise and let's go to Provo and then finding either a hike or a golf adventure as we go. So three days driving down and then a week with two other couples and then three days driving home. And he is so excited. He's making lists. He's making tea times. And I'm the planner. I'm the one who initiates stuff and this time I'm just along for the ride. It is a complete role reversal. And he's done such a good job on our adventure Wednesday trip. And I don't know whether he never did that before because I didn't give him space or just now he's really interested in showing me another life because, because I'm the new golfer, but he's choosing places that will be good for me, right? It's not a $200 round you know, championship course, it's a municipal course, maybe 35 bucks, flat and open and easy. He's doing that for me. And so for me, that just feels very kind and loving. And so I'm feeling very kind and loving back to him. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: You know, he's, he's giving you a gift that you know, that, that he knows you would like instead of the gift that he wants to give himself and bring you along. I completely
1: understand. Right. Right. So I'm appreciating that. I'm excited to tell the listeners next month what what that trip. And so we haven't got a lot of plans, but every month we have one go somewhere. It might be to Oregon or, you know, somewhere local. And I think that's just enough to, I guess, break the monotony or the routine of day-to-day life at home where either we're coming back from a trip or anticipating another one it's pretty economical. We're, you know, buying food and cooking. And so we're not doing a big thousands and thousands of dollars resort destination vacation. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about what we've got coming up. And I'm excited about today. I'm going to get to go golfing after we're done talking here. What do you foresee your future to be? I definitely am going to enjoy golf for the summer for sure. I'm really enjoying making new friends and trying to make connections besides like golf, like go on a hike with someone. So I've met a couple possible people that I could do that with, but it's new in the relationship. I do think I will check in with some of my work colleagues. It's been a month and it was, I I was just radio silent. I was just having a ball. But yesterday was the first day that my deputy director who was promoted to my position officially assumed my position. He's been performing it, but I was still sitting in the position until day before yesterday. So I called him to congratulate him and check in. And I have mentees. I have about nine or 10 women that I agreed to be their mentor. And I haven't talked to any of them in a month. So what's coming up for me is to get my little self organized And to get a schedule going and to start working with them, I guess I feel like this first month was kind of my vacation, if you will. I have someone that I've known for over the last 25 years and we connected and we went on a walk together and she asked me to enter into kind of like an accountability partnership where we're going to work on goals. It might have to do with, you know, our personal goals, financial goals our children, our relationship with our parents, what whatever it is. And I am so delighted. We met for the first time kind of formally yesterday. Each month we'll get together and kind of say, here's what I'm working on, or here's what I, what I want to learn, or here's what I want to do. And then during the month, my responsibility is to pray for her, of course, but also to send her a text or an email to say, hey, how's it going on? you know, whatever her goal was. And I have to say, I'm really excited about it because it's someone who raised her four children in parallel with my two. So we lived in the same community. We saw each other. So it's almost like the circles overlapped, but I don't know her story, all all of it. And she doesn't know mine. I never had time for something like this. So I'm really excited about discovering what it is that I need to learn, what it is that God's teaching me, but also what can I do to be with her or help her? So that's all new. It just kind of emerged. I'm exploring things that I never had time before, but being intentional about it, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So that's exciting that you're
0: having your accountability partner. I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes.
1: Yeah. And then I'm learning golf. So I take my golf lesson every week, and my golf instructor is amazing, and I love her. She's teaching me the mental game, how to see things and reframe them in a different way. And also with golf, there's strategy, and I loved, you know, strategy in my job. And so I feel like there's enough about golf that's so hard physically, but it's also hard mentally that it's really stimulating to me and what i appreciate about uh of having a guide someone who's a professional who's not my husband it's it's such an unanticipated blessing because thinking positively dusting yourself off overcoming adversity it transcends golf and it permeates the rest of your life and i'm finding myself using the things she's teaching me in other aspects of my life it's a a different frame of reference. And so I'm just really blessed to have found Val and to be able to spend literally 30 minutes, 40 minutes with her. It's like having a counselor but she's teaching you something. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your story as it continues. This is very exciting to hear about your honeymoon phase. It would be great if it stays in that phase, but you and I both know that things will change over time. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story, Barbara.
1: Yeah, I think there's always a possibility things can go awry, but I feel like now there's time to work on things. A lot of the times in our life, our marriage with our kids, we were just so busy, stressed with work. And I know when I'm stressed, I'm not at my best. Every day, Saturday, there's extra time. And so I feel like if there is a challenge, if you're committed to working through it, you have more time. You can't use I'm too busy as an excuse to not sit down, have a cup of tea and to talk. I really honestly didn't expect retirement to be so amazing and such a blessing. And I do think that my biggest challenge will be to not get overscheduled. So that's one of the things I'm working with my accountability partner, my personality and my temperament is to want to help people and achieve, which was great for a job. But now at this stage in my life, I'm really being careful about not adding a board or commission or another volunteer opportunity, because then if I do get stressed out, then I won't be my best for my husband, for my kids, for my grandkids, for my family. So that's my big challenge is to not over schedule, not to overbook. And right now, I just feel like I'm on one big vacation.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks again for spending this time with me and the listener, Barbara. I guess this is goodbye until next time. So thank you. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on The Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Was a guest Uh, we we actually downloaded some of his episodes if you hear him It's probably still the the same show there were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, When he decided to leave podcasting Number three how you can support us is by leaving a review whatever podcast app you're listening to